five, four, three, two. This is the Come On Network podcast. Come On Network, it's on the come up for sure. The best Pittsburgh-based podcast available. Is that so? If you're committed enough, you can make any story work. I, I once convinced a woman that I was Kevin Costner, and it worked because I believed it. Bringing you the latest in Pittsburgh and national sports and entertainment with guests and a plethora of co-hosts. Can we get a come on? Come on. 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 This is where the fun begins. FNA Cotton FNA. Welcome back to the Come On Network podcast. It is episode 84, and today on the pod, we break down and react to the Steelers getting back to 500 victory over the Seattle Seahawks on Sunday night football in week six of the NFL slate. The Steelers and Cleveland Browns now both at three and three, Cincinnati four and two, Baltimore five and one in the AFC North as the Steelers head to the buy here in 2021 episode 84 of the come on network podcast is presented by Pelocus and it's primal instinct pre-workout your best is good enough be sure to use the code come on that's c-o-m-o-n for 15 percent off at checkout for the primal instinct pre-workout at pelocus.com that's p-o-l-o-k-u-s.com subscribe rate and review as well the come on network podcast can be found wherever you get your podcasts including apple spotify google anchor and more and you can follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Come On Network. And we're on the web at comeon.network. Our merchandise is there. Our blog is there. And a little bit more at comeon.network. Kyle Dawson, Donnie Chedrick, Joe Smeltzer with you to break this one down and react to it, as mentioned. And it was an impressive victory in, in some senses for the Steelers. Uh, maybe some left to be desired for in the second half defensively. But again, in the end, when this team needed to make some plays this week it made some plays like it did in the denver game uh, and obviously tj watt a huge factor which i'm sure we'll get into but let's react to this one guys yeah i'd hold my horses saying that it's a very impressive win uh last week was the much more impressive win against the denver broncos uh you know like you said they made plays when they had to uh but they shouldn't have had to make that many plays in this one. The fact of the matter is, in the second half, the very first drive, they got bludgeoned down the field defensively uh, when they had a three-point lead late in the game after Chris Boswell, who's having an outstanding season, by the way, uh, made a 50-plus yard field goal to put them up late. Uh, the defense let Geno Smith, of all people, uh, lead them down the field and tie the game for Seattle. T.J. Watt was a monster in overtime, and you know that's what they needed because they fizzled out on their only offensive drive, and T.J. Watt pretty much saved the game. He had the uh, two sacks, one of them being the forced fumble of Geno Smith. Uh, then Ben just flopped over in the middle of the field, and Boswell came out for a chip shot at that point. Uh, certainly some good things. Uh, Ben looked decent again. Um, I don't think he played a bad game. Uh, really, his only 
bizarre or bad throw to me was the one that hit so hard off Jamal Adams' face. He didn't have a chance to pick it off. Uh, but otherwise, uh, he got the job done. He was, um, you know, he, he kept it turnover free for the most part. There was that bizarre incomplete pass that they rolled a fumble. You know, I, I don't really know the full rolling with that, but whatever. Um, he didn't throw an interception. Uh, Najee ran the ball pretty well again. You know, he made his plays. The offensive line, uh, again, showed that they're an improved group uh, from what they were early in the season. Uh, but I, I was a little bit concerned about the defense in the second half of that game. Uh, you can't really lie to yourself and say that they looked all that good, considering that Alex Collins, who is a backup running back, ran for over 100 yards. And some of the times when the game mattered, uh, Geno Smith was able to orchestrate a drive uh, and get Seattle on the scoreboard, especially again, you know, late uh, with the field goal. However, when it's all said and done, the Steelers got a win they needed to get uh, in the National Football League. That's all that matters. Uh, the record doesn't really care about, you know, who the quarterback was for the other team or who the running back was for the other team. Uh, the bottom line is that they're three and three. They've won two in a row. They got back to 500 going into the bye week. Uh, I'm not super optimistic. Uh, like some other people might be, I'm definitely optimistic about where the season could go now. If they were one and five or even two and four, that would have been a very uh, tough hill to climb for them coming out of the AFC North. And they get Cleveland coming out of a bye. Cleveland is a beat up football team. They have several guys on the injured list uh, right now, including both of their star running backs, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So who knows what the Browns could look like in about two weeks' time whenever they meet on Halloween. Yeah, this was not um, a statement win by any stretch uh, for the Steelers. They were outscored 20-6 to in the second half by a team with Geno Smith playing quarterback. They made Alex Collins look like Gil Sayers at times. The offense was okay, but just okay against what's a pathetic defense, the worst statistical defense in the NFL. And if not for the best pass rusher in the game, making a big play, that game probably ends in a tie at best. I remember I was sitting next to Kyle um, at the game, and when the Seahawks took over possession, he said they're going to need a turnover to win this game. And fortunately, the Steelers got that turnover uh, because of what. But my overall takeaway is that the Steelers are still not a very good football team. A very good football team would have pounded Seattle Sunday night, and the Steelers didn't do it. So, yeah, a win's a win, but these guys still have a long way to go. On a more positive note, if the Browns are so beat up uh, two weeks from now and, you know, Baker Mayfield, if he stinks, that can ruin the whole afternoon for the Cleveland Browns. So definitely a much more winnable game than I think we all would have fought um, last week or two weeks ago. Uh, so you win that game, you get the uh, bums of the NFC North, uh, both at Heinz Field. Uh, you might be having something cooking um, as we get um, into uh, the middle of November about um, a month from now. Uh, but something else I wanted to say, and Don alluded to this briefly, is that this episode, I think, is a good time to kind of uh, pay homage to uh, Chris Boswell. Going back to that 2018 season, uh, some people, including our buddy Jacob Meyer, thought that Chris Boswell's ineptitude was the main reason the Steelers collapsed the way they did 
in 2018 and didn't make the playoffs. And it definitely was a huge factor. And a lot of kickers that they had hit the wall with a Boswell hit um, wouldn't have bounced back from it, a la Mike Vanderjat. But to his great credit, Boswell picked himself up, kept plugging away, and he's been pretty darn good for the Steelers over the past few years. A big 52-yarder to get the Steelers a lead late in regulation, and then obviously the winning kick in overtime. He's been fantastic all year and fantastic again last night, so that's my little ode uh, to Chris Boswell. I think there's a, a weird line in this city right now. And I, I really only know what I've seen on social media and what I've heard on the fan in terms of what uh, response they've got from callers. And usually I don't really rely on what callers to 93.7 the fans say. Um, but even even just kind of talking with a couple people on the way out of the stadium, which uh, was something that maybe some people miss doing. There's a weird line uh, for me uh, with the reaction to this game. And I think that I can, I can kind of sum it up in one way and two things can be true here. Um, number one being that the Steelers got a good win for them uh, to get back to three and three and go into the buy at 500 and now have a chance to get a little bit healthy and have some bright spots in this game against Seattle is a good thing. But at the same time, number two can be true in saying that this is probably still a below average football team at three and three that, that isn't playing that well offensively. I think they're bottom third in the league still statistically, offensively and, and defensively. They're in the top third, maybe into the middle third. Um, but this is not a, a, a good football team yet. It's still, a, I think, a below to average football team that we're seeing go out there every week right now. But that said, they've got two big wins in their pocket now heading into the bye. The problem is they beat a Buffalo team that I think, again, we're still all looking back at and saying, how did that happen? But then they went two and three after that. So I'm not going to go to the extreme of, uh, I think, what Colin Dunlap put on Twitter earlier, and I'm not trying to knock Colin. It's just more the idea of you have to be happy because the Steelers won and you're not allowed to be upset about anything that went on or anything that in, in the route of getting to the win uh, that happened, you're not allowed to be upset about that because I think that there's a fair amount of reason to be upset with this team the way that it performed in the second half, the way the defense performed in the second half until T.J. Watt got on his white horse a la Ben Roethlisberger from years ago and saved the game for the Steelers. I mean, the sack but when the Seattle had its first drive of overtime and then obviously the strip and the fumble recovery uh, for Devin Bush uh, which is another topic uh, that I'd like to hit on a little bit, maybe later in, in, in this little brief stint or at some point in this episode. But uh, if, if it's not for TJ Watt, the Steelers don't win that football game. And I do remember turning to Joe and saying they need a turnover right now or they're probably not winning this football game. It just didn't feel like the offense was going to get anything going again. Uh, but I think Ben Roethlisberger was, and Donnie alluded to this, I think Ben was good enough in this game. 29 for 40 with 229 a touchdown, no interceptions. I think the key for Ben, for me, is to not turn the football over. And if he's going to do that, the Steelers have a good chance to win games if he's going to play well enough around 60, 65, 70% completion percentage and just be good enough to get it done uh, for the Steelers. Deontay Johnson looked really good. I thought he had maybe his best game of the year. Uh, Pat Fryermuth was absolutely the most involved he's been uh, run game could have been a little bit better. I think it left a little bit to be desired for. Uh, but late, Najee Harris got it going a little bit, which was good to see in the offensive line step forward in that sense. And uh, I'm glad Joe brought up 
Chris Boswell, and I'd also bring up Presley Harvin. I think he probably had his best game uh, as a Steeler so far in the win against Seattle. So lots of good things in this game, also kind of lots of bad things, but in the end, a win for the Steelers uh, as we kind of shift over and maybe hit on our players of the game and any other points we need to make on, on this reaction episode. But um, I think all in all, a good victory that it, you don't want to jump to either extreme. It's not the Steelers had this big statement victory because they beat Seattle in primetime on Sunday night football in an overtime game. But at the same time, not saying, oh, they, they, they found a way to eke out a victory and it isn't important for the Steelers because I think we're somewhere in the middle there. Well, before I get to my player of the game, I will talk about our player of the game every episode of the Come On Network podcast brought to you by our buddies with Primal Instinct pre-workout by Pelocus. Uh, I never got into the whole pre-workout craze. I just worked out without it forever. And that was until Primal Instinct came into play. Even after the start, I didn't jump on it right away. I gave it a few months, but then I decided to give it a try, and I am a huge fan. Great taste, great pump, great workout. Uh, the energy to blast through a workout or push through one on a tough day without that crash afterwards. I would definitely recommend it to anyone looking to get into or try a new pre-workout method. Check out Primal Instinct pre-workout from Pelocus. And remember, save 15% by using code COMEON, that's C-O-M-O-N, at Pelocus.com, P-O-L-O-K-U-S.com. Player of the game here, I think uh, it's really only logical to go with T.J. Watt because he had uh, the biggest moment in the game. He also had a great game. Uh, seven total tackles, six of them solo, three tackles for loss. That led the team. One and a half sacks, that led the team. Uh, and, you know, that stretch in over – I'm sorry, two sacks, that led the team. Uh, Alex Highsmith also with a nice night. He had one and a half sacks. Uh, the fact that he was really the reason why the Steelers won the game, uh, if it wasn't for him in overtime, who knows what would have happened. Seattle could have gone down and kick a kick the field goal to win it, or we end up witnessing a tie in front of our very eyes at Heinz Field. But what made the big sack? He forced the fumble of Geno Smith. Dev, Devin Bush was right there to recover it, uh, and that put the Steelers on the doorstep. It was an easy field goal for Chris Boswell after that. Uh, so what was the man? Uh, you know, that's the type of thing that a – defensive player of the year type guy does uh, a few years ago whenever I really felt like he should have won it uh, the year he lost out to Stefan Gilmore he made plays like that often uh, if it wasn't for TJ Watt back in 2019 who knows what that Steelers record would have looked like at the end it would not have been eight and eight uh, I'll tell you that much and it's plays like last night uh, or, T or Sunday night where T.J. Watt saved the day for the Steelers in the biggest moment, uh, and that's why they sit at 500. Yeah, I would agree that T.J. Watt is, is the player of the game, and I, I, I would like to go to a different spot, uh, but at the same time, I don't know that you really can go to a different spot uh, with this. Uh, if it, Again, if it's not for T.J. Watt, the Steelers don't win the game, and it's because of two plays that he makes in overtime the sack and then the, the forced fumble that he grabs 
uh, in this contest, had a couple sacks overall. I think it was seven tackles. Um, just a really good game and, and a game that you expect. And I think Cam Hayward even got a little bit overshadowed because I thought Cam Hayward was really good in this game and overshadowed a little bit by what TJ Watt did just in terms of high impact on the football game. Uh, but I thought TJ Watt was absolutely the best player on the field, which is in the end, Donnie, what the Steelers are paying TJ Watt to be. And, and I think that's very important that he continues to do that for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, if they're going to continue to have success in the defensive side of the ball, he's got to ball out. He's got to play like the highest played player on the defensive side of the football in the National Football League. Minka Fitzpatrick, nine more tackles. Uh, but Cam Hayward's talk about his day, nine tackles, a sack and two tackles for loss. Even Alex Highsmith uh, kind of reaped the benefits of having those two guys having a great day. Uh, he had seven tackles, a sack and a half, and two TFLs, four QB hits. I thought he was really good and continues to show out. But I do want to hit on before Joe uh, gets on his player of the game real quick. I do want to hit on one quick subject, and that is uh, the linebacking core, which is a little bit weird. In terms of the third down play for me, I'm, si I'm sitting in, in Heinz Field, and I'm watching as the third down defense goes out there. We're seeing Devin Bush out. Joe Schobert out and Robert Spillane in at the middle linebacker position. I don't know if that was something that you guys noticed, uh, but something that I noticed in, in the snap count uh, on the other side of the football for James Washington was pathetic too, because Ray Ray McCall was probably out there too much, uh, but definitely a little bit weird to see that linebacking core. Uh, maybe it's because Devin Bush just isn't playing that well. Maybe it's because the other linebackers in this set, uh, are playing a little maybe maybe Spillane is playing a little bit better than we thought uh, but as like I said TJ Watt for player of the game Cam Hayward a close second and I thought Deontay and Pat Fryermuth had uh, good games but if there's any thoughts on that subject we can hit those two yeah uh, Tito Jackson Watt is certainly uh, my player of the game uh, and I like the uses of Pat Fryermuth too uh, we've all talked about uh, wanting to get the tight end more involved. Um, I don't think Fryermuth's usage has been great overall this season, but Sunday night uh, he was active. And aside from uh, that a little screen they ran in overtime, which didn't really do much of anything, I thought his usage was well. I liked that they were using a lot of two, uh, two tight end sets with him and Eric Ebron. I liked that Eric Ebron uh, didn't drop the ball, and uh, that jet sweep call with Eric Ebron was also great. So... Yeah, uh, like you said, a uh, good production on out of tight ends, and I hope to see more of that going forward. But Steelers won that game by and large because of Tito Jackson Watt. All right, so before we wrap this up in, in our Steelers reaction, we're just going to hit quickly, and Donnie's already alluded to it a little bit, but the matchup coming in two weeks since we won't have a preview episode out later this week, given that the Browns are going to play on Thursday night, uh, which is probably another forward into this discussion they're banged up and they just got their asses kicked by the Arizona Cardinals without Cliff Kingsbury in town in Cleveland. And uh, Arizona was able to walk over here and, and really dismantle Cleveland and suffered a lot of injuries. Baker Mayfield out in a sling. Kareem Hunt going on, uh, likely going on IR and missing a month. Nick Chubb already missed the game. Uh, Jeremiah Wusokoromora is out for a month now, I think was the report. Uh, and there's other guys. OBJ's banged up too. This is a banged up. Cleveland Browns team sitting at three and three that has to play in a short week. And uh, frankly, I think they'll be favored because it's in Cleveland, but I don't think this is as much of a sure fire Steelers loss as maybe we even thought about a week or two ago at this point. 
No, I, I think it'll be a closer game uh, than we probably all expected. Uh, you know, coming out of that loss against Green Bay a few weeks ago, we all know that morale was pretty low, and we were thinking, well, maybe they snag one of these next two. They have to snag one of these next two because they're going to go in and face one of the rising teams in the AFC on Halloween. But, you know, you said it, the Browns are banged up. They're struggling. Uh, Baker Mayfield hasn't had a good year, um, even with how good that run game is. And that's because his two best running backs are now out. Uh, in the absence of Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt stepped up, but then got hurt. Uh, his receiving core has been banged up. Uh, a couple of the offensive linemen, and, yeah, those things happen in the National Football League. But this Browns team right now looks like a shell of the Browns team that came into Heinz Field in January and went up and down the field on the Steelers for about three and a half hours. Uh, I don't know uh, what, what type of score I'll give this game, uh, but now the Steelers coming out of this relatively healthy. Uh, you get the bye week. So they will be the more refreshed team going into Cleveland on Halloween. And that would be an enormous win for Pittsburgh if they could pull that one off. Um, and I don't count it. I don't count it out like I would have a few weeks ago. That's for sure. Yeah, you definitely can't count it out. And um, if uh, for some reason Case Keenum does have to play on um, that's obviously a complete game changer, but Thinking about this, I think a big reason, maybe the main reason why the brief Freddie Kitchens era was such a disaster in Cleveland and the Kevin Stefanski era has been successful so far is because Baker Mayfield hasn't had to be the man for the Browns. He's had to do his job. He's had to obviously uh, run uh, the field um, as the uh, general as a quarterback, but um, the Browns um, under Kevin Stefanski have been all about running the ball and then play action passes, and that's how they've had their success offensively. Um, if you don't have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, then if Baker plays at all, we don't know what his injury status is going to be next week, let alone two weeks from now. But if Baker ends up playing without one or both of those guys, then Baker has to be the man, and we saw kind of how that worked out um, two years ago. I don't expect the Browns to be a healthy team in two weeks. They might not be as decimated as they are right now, but you don't go from a team uh, completely battered by injuries to a healthy team in just two weeks, so I expect them to still have injury problems. Um, Like you said, Don, uh, going back um, maybe even a few days ago, at least a week ago, uh, we would have looked at this game, uh, probably all would have thought it to be a loss on the road against some um, the Browns, uh, a team with the Browns was talent level, but now with um, injuries and with the way Cleveland has played uh, thus far, getting carved up uh, for 47 points. Granted, it was against Justin Herbert, um, but getting carved up uh, that game and then laying an egg at home against the Cardinals, uh, it's not looking too great for the Brownies right now, and hopefully it's still not looking great when the Steelers play them um, after this bye week, because if it isn't, then we could, this game could be a lot more interesting in terms of what we predict, um, than we might've thought, uh, coming into the year and through the first, uh, four weeks of the year, certainly. You two have made notes that I would have made already. So I'll just, I'll present it as this. I think this is going to create and be a big challenge and a huge opportunity for the Steelers in a couple of weeks time 
because I think I heard, I think it was Craig Riley that said something earlier on the fan as I was driving home from work um, that, that I kind of popped my eyes a little bit. I think, I think if the Steelers can find a way to win this game against the Browns and then do what they should do against Chicago and Detroit, which is win both of those at Heinz field, if you can win the next three games, I would almost say that for sure my mind is pretty dead set. The Steelers are going to make the playoffs, uh, even though they would only be at six and three at that point. We know that what the buzz saw of a schedule is coming up after those two games with Chicago and Detroit. Um, but I think if the Steelers can get to six and three, I think that I would feel pretty safe in, in putting money down that the Steelers are going to make the playoffs. Um, I think they have to have two of the next three if they're going to have a shot. Uh, and, and I would like that to not involve a loss to Chicago or Detroit, but that would be is what it is uh, type situation. So I think this is a big opportunity for the Steelers in a couple weeks. I'm interested to see uh, what the Cleveland Browns look like on Thursday night and their opportunity to get to four and three or go to three and four before that Steelers game. And uh, interested to see how healthy that the Cleveland Browns can be going into the game against the Steelers in a couple of weeks. Again, we'll preview that more detail coming up next week at some point uh, but that will do it for us here on episode 84 of the come on network podcast in this week's Steelers reaction episode or before we go a reminder to hit the subscribe button and to rate our podcast leave a review and tell your friends to check us out as well we're on Apple Spotify Google Anchor and really pretty much any other podcast platform that you get your podcasts on uh, follow us on social media as well on Twitter and Instagram at come on network c-o-m-o-n-n-e-t W-O-R-K and on the web at comeon.network. Our blog's there. Merchandise is there. Make sure you check out some of that and get an order in on those. And you can also order the Primal Instinct pre-workout by Pelocus. Our friends there have that discount code comeon, C-O-M-O-N. You get 15% off at checkout. That's at pelocus.com, P-O-L-O-K-U-S.com. Until next time, stay safe. Here we go, Steelers, and come on. still here it's over go home go